This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Do you ever see a successful woman on your feed or in a magazine and think, wow, it must be nice to have it so easy? Well, think again. Behind that glossy cover or smiling face is a ton of hard work, countless failures, and endless learning experiences. I'm Rebecca Minkoff, and I'm here to tell you that success isn't a walk in the park. It takes grit, resilience, and a willingness to take risks. That's why I created Superwoman. A podcast that peels back the varnish and gets into the nitty-gritty of what it takes to make it as a woman in today's world. From luminaries and game changers to women you've never heard of but should, this podcast is here to inspire you to take your next leap, no matter how daunting it may seem. We'll explore the sacrifices these women have made, the highs and lows they've experienced, and the lessons they've learned along the way. So if you're ready to be inspired and learn from some of the most successful women out there, join me on Superwomen. Together, we'll uncover the stories behind the successes and prove that with hard work, determination, and a little bit of luck, anything is possible. Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guests are Elizabeth Meyer and Betsy Riley, the co-founders of Swell. These women found an incredible white space when it comes to talking about women, babies, breastfeeding, and building an incredible community. We go into what it's like to build a business from the ground up and fill a need for so many moms who have no resources. Elizabeth is an expert at bringing products to market, and as the founder of a business development consultancy, Four Slices, she has built startups from the ground floor and scaled global brands through a marketing and operational lens. Betsy is an entrepreneur focused on solving pain points through community. She founded Doyen, a women's club where she grew the membership to over 3,000 executives nationally in under two years before being acquired by Albright. These women took their combined experience and made it into a new company that has become an incredible place for community, consumables, and products all to support a woman's journey into motherhood. Take a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth and Betsy, the founders of well, I'm so excited to talk because my favorite subject is breast milk and breastfeeding. Ours too. We're <laughs> so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. So talk to me about your journey to start this company. Did I pronounce it right? Swell? Swell. That's right. Okay, um, good. Okay. Well, this is Betsy. And yes, thank you so much for having us on. We are listeners and we go to this pod for inspiration. So we are extra excited to be on. Um, I feel like our, our story to kind of get to swell is very long and windy. So we're going to start way back at the beginning, which is that Elizabeth and I both went to NYU. We did not know one another there, but um, met many years later. But 
I interned every single semester at NYU, really tried to make the most of my time in New York. So I interned at Live Nation, Hearst, New York Fashion Week. I ran around the city, so you name it. Um, And I felt really well positioned to get a job after school, really thought it would be an easy thing, but it was 2009 at the recession. And I tried for months and there was not a job available in New York. Um, But someone I really trusted worked at William Morris and was an agent in the music division and said, you should come out to Los Angeles and, and work in the music department. Um, and I was like, what should I do every day? Like, what do you do every day? What's an agent do? He's like, you're just going to go to shows. You're going to cover shows every single night. And I thought, okay, like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. So three days after graduation, um, I moved out to Los Angeles and had my first job at WMA, learned so much. And then by luck, met my future boss um, at Hasbro in the elevator there. So you actually just like kind of never wow. know. Yes. Uh, Worked at Hasbro for a year in their new studio. And I worked for a really amazing woman who is still in my life today named Lisa Licht, the absolute best. She was an incredible mentor while we were there um, and taught me something very important, which is kind of her idea of this suitcase, which is wherever you go, you bring a tool in your suitcase with you. So it doesn't matter if you're doing something entirely different or new, you're going to have that skill set and it will last you. Um, I very much took it to heart. Uh, After working with her for a year, I started working for Simon Cowell's record label, Psycho, at Sony Music. Again, I told you this is long and windy. Worked at Psycho. Um, I was his first U.S. hire, and it was really fun. He had just launched the X Factor and was launching it in the U.S. So I literally got to go city to city doing auditions, those open call auditions for like a thousand people a day. Oh, wow. It was, it was so much fun, so wild, so ridiculous. Um, I have so many good stories from that. Uh, and from there, went with my current boss at the time over to The Voice, I ran business development uh, and I, very cool, got to have a golf cart where I drove Fortune 500 CEOs around a lot all the time. And I loved the voice. It was an incredible experience. Um, but when I was 27 working on that show, I had a health scare. Candidly, I, I had thyroid cancer and kind of took a step back and thought, you know, what do you, this is not the dress rehearsal. This is life. And what do I really want to do? Do I want to, you know, have another seven seasons of the voice? Um and the answer was no. I really wanted to kind of create a community or, or do something that was filling me up and, and giving back more. My favorite part of The Voice was always seeing the audience and being a part of their experience. So I think I just really wanted to do something where I was interacting. So um, as a side hustle and as a project, I started my first company, which is called Doyen. It was a women's community here in Los Angeles. It started as intimate dinners with a Doyen, which means a woman at the top of her field. We would go into incredible women's homes. I don't even know how we got them to say yes at the very beginning, but everyone from Jane Warren to Gloria Steinem, you kind of name it, who would host 20 person dinners with us and share their life in a really vulnerable setting. And I love doing it so much. And it was so much lightning in a bottle that we would do it, you know, month, twice a month, every single week. And all of a sudden I realized I had a full-time job very much. So that was kind of taking over my life. So I, I, left my corporate role, started my first company. We grew very quickly. It was very much this, you know, fun lightning in a bottle experience. We went national uh, and then we were acquired by a UK company called Albright, a women's club in 2018, uh, which was, you know, incredible, amazing. And then I launched their US business here in Los Angeles. They had a physical location, a women's club, which was kind of like this, um, you know, 
physicality of, of all the things that we were doing that's been a physical manifestation, um, which was really awesome. Um, but I left after my year contract, we parted ways and I was three months pregnant. I had no idea what I was doing next. And a month later, COVID hit. So uh, definitely kind of before swell, pre-swell, um, kind of had no idea what I was going to do next in a lot of ways. How did you guys meet? How did you meet? We met <laughs> through a mom group. It's crazy. R- really, we should have met so many times beforehand. We both went to NYU and Elizabeth actually lived next door to my brother, which is just been, she met my dog before she met me, <laughs> um, but we met through a mom group. Wow. And were you, okay. So then let's get into you, Elizabeth. Um, you know, before swell, what were you doing? Did you already think you wanted to launch something relating to this topic? So my path to entrepreneurship was long and winding like Betsy's. I also graduated from NYU in 2009, um, but I never thought I would leave New York City. I'm from New Jersey. Going to NYU was my ultimate dream. And so I was hell bent on figuring out how to stay there. And while I was at NYU, I was actually studying the African diaspora. And as part of my study there, (laughs) I moved to Brazil for a year And so I spoke Portuguese. And when I graduated, there was a position available at the Environmental Protection Agency under Barack Obama's new government for a stakeholder outreach coordinator that focused on Portuguese speaking communities. So I spent the first six months doing that and really putting my all into bringing together 20 person stakeholder meetings in Superfund affected districts around the New York area. And at some point I'm like, this is wild. We're doing all of this work to reach 20 people. And maybe I didn't have the verbiage to really communicate this, but what I was looking for was scale. And this is right around the time that Twitter launched. And so I got the Environmental Protection Agency onto Twitter, launched EPA Region 2, which was the kind of the New York region, into social media, on a blog. And as I'm getting excited about this new tech world, I'm realizing if impact and scale are really what I'm looking at. I'm also going to need to work someplace that has advertising dollars because there are just so many tools that we're not going to be able to utilize here. And somehow I landed a job at Ralph Lauren, which was a really incredible (laughs) way. That's quite quite the U-turn. I'm telling you, it's a winding journey. Um, And so I ended up at Ralph Lauren and this was a, a really fun time to be there. One, Ralph was one of the first brands that had an e-commerce platform, which sounds really crazy now because they're so ubiquitous, but fashion brands for a moment in time were really worried that a digital presence was going to cannibalize their brand. And so Ralph had really just invested in this digital arm and I went there and, uh, this was just the most incredible education for so many reasons. One, because they're a big thriving business and they had a bottom line, but also because brand was really paramount to them. So I was kind of thrown into this space of that healthy tension between brand and business. And I was actually just thinking of uh, this this story this past fashion month, having been really removed from the fashion industry for, for many years at this point, where um, in the early days when we had just launched Instagram during fashion week, I sat in the photographer's pit on my, I don't know, iPhone two or three. And I remember looking around at all the legit photographers at the end of the runway. I'm crouched down with my iPhone taking pictures during, they, they had three shows. I think the first one was for friends and family. And then there were two that were open to the public. So I'd sit during the friends and family show, take pictures of all the looks, run backstage, look at the mood board, 
meet with Ralph's right hand, a woman named Mary Randolph Carter, who really is, is his voice in many ways. And we'd review the most acceptable iPhone assets, pair them with some copy. And then I would go sit in the front row for the second show and deploy the images that we had pre-written and approved as though we were doing it live. So things have really changed, but I've really carried a lot with me in the vein of kind of protecting brand and creating good customer experience. And I went from there to Vince and took them through IPO, went to Amazon Fashion after that, because I was sort of excited about the tech side of things. And up until that point in my life and career, I was really evaluating my own personal success by titles and money. And Amazon was by far the most I'd ever been paid. And I had a great stock package. And about a year into my time there, I walked away. It just wasn't doing it for me. And I, um, unlike Betsy, who really had a side hustle and then realized, wow, I have two full hustles. I need to make a decision. I did something that was very unlike me where I typically have a lot of control and order and process in my life. And I just left. And two weeks later, Amazon hired me to consult for them. And I had this moment of like, oh, wow, I really trusted my gut. And it ultimately really paid off. And that was something that I took with me, like, listen to your gut. Something told me to leave. Something told me that I just had different things that I wanted to accomplish. They really launched my consulting career. So I, I'm grateful for that. But through this work, I started being able to work with lots of startup founders and really figuring out what was exciting me. Um, and then at, at some point in this, uh, I had my daughter in the beginning of COVID, uh, April, 2020. And um, I met Betsy and I had sort of always told myself that if there was an idea that was big enough or fun enough or important enough for me to take on fully that I would make a pact with it and see it through. And sure enough, I met Betsy and this is really where Swell came to be. So this was the second time that I had that sort of gut feeling that said, okay, this is, this is real, go with it. And we've been going with it ever since. So um, Betsy, you came from having, uh, you've been in corporate, then entrepreneur one company and elizabeth you went from an incredible amount of great gigs in corporate straight into entrepreneurship um what do you think surprised you both about launching a company just kind of immediately um that success is not in the end point success is in the entire journey and it's so much on you to manifest and to create what is going on around you. But to me, I guess that's kind of the most surprising part moments that I felt like were, you know, externally a success personally, maybe felt more of a failure and moments that looked like a failure uh, felt like a success because I was learning just kind of consistently switching that narrative. And this is Elizabeth. I, I guess my answer, there were, there were a lot of surprises at the start of the journey and there always really are. And I think that's, um, kind of part of the fun. The thing I was really surprised about uh, immediately was how much resistance there was to breastfeeding being something that we needed to solve or change or put better resources behind. You know, I myself had just come out of a, a, a one-year breastfeeding journey with my daughter. She was born several weeks into COVID lockdown, my husband couldn't come to postpartum and my daughter had a ton of oral restrictions. And it took many months to figure out really how to course correct that. Lots of anguish. Um, and when I was able to kind of look back at my experience through the lens of a go-to-market researcher, someone who had done this as a consultant for many brands, I thought, wow, this is 
pretty incredible because I actually have resources. I know how to research. I know where to look. And still this felt so hard and fragmented and dated and overwhelming for me. And like, it didn't speak to me as a modern woman. So when Betsy and I really started, we decided to go for it. We, I think almost immediately were taken back by, um, the reaction, the breastfeeding being seen as either crunchy or niche or an unsexy category, coupled with the fact that CPG and direct-to-consumer were really falling out of grace. So this was kind of my first surprise of the journey. So I still think it is sometimes seen as that, or there's, I mean, I don't know where you all stand on this, but like women are counting the the dollars they're not making when they're pumping or nursing. And I'm like, why is that part of this equation? I'm just trying to feed my baby the best, right? That they can get. It's not about how much money you're losing or whatever. And there's obviously like ways to adapt and earn money and make your food <laughs> at the same time. Um, but I feel like it's such an uphill battle or, or the opportunity to like, take the invitation to give up because it's so hard is so prevalent in our society. Um, and then you see health outcomes, right? You see whatever I could go on for days. So like, what, what do you do to keep pushing forward and to sort of know that you're, you're on an uphill battle? Uh, that all of that is so great and so relatable and very much why we started swell. I think when we first started, we were thought, we're going to create these amazing physical tools that are going to help women. It's going to make their journeys easier and better. It's going to be more sustained to all of the above. But what we realized very early on is if we're not helping the education, mental and emotional side of breastfeeding, you're actually not helping someone. It's, it's so complex and you really need a lot of different pillars of support. So first we have our tools, which come in a kit and they are like meant to solve any sort of issue that you could run into at the very beginning but we also have a 75 part educational video series that you can learn anything about breastfeeding. If you're running into an issue, you kind of name it as well as community because it is isolating. It is hard and everyone has their own individual end goal. It's such a unique and personal experience to go through breastfeeding. So for us, the best that we can do is kind of support you and educate you and say, it's not easy the first couple of weeks necessarily. It's a learned skill. It's not the most natural thing in your in the world. You're told all these things that you're supposed to just naturally latch a baby to your breast, but actually you need to learn how, you need to learn the positions and you need support from a lactation consultant in your community and you need the time and space to do it. Everything is, you know, everything kind of matters in those early days. So I think just the education um, is a huge part of it. Uh, so this is Elizabeth. And I think what I'd add on to that note is... Um education and experience are really important to swell and language I think is also something that's really critical to us so when we think about breastfeeding and how it's perceived um, one of the things that we often like to think about is well one the landscape in which we're operating parents just don't get enough support period and so um, they don't have the autonomy or agency sometimes to make the decisions they want to make around their own feeding journey. So that's something that we're really cognizant of. And one of the things Betsy and I really wanted to rectify is thinking about how we talk to women at this stage of their lives who already have formed identities for themselves. Uh, one thing I noticed uh, kind of really prolifically was as soon as I was pregnant with my daughter, all the messaging around me as a person changed. 
suddenly I was a mama. People were touching me. And I was like, this is wild. I have this whole personality, identity, career. I'm excited to be a mom. I'm not your mom. Um, but there was, <laughs> there was suddenly this kind of recognition of like, a, oh, we need to really utilize language to reframe this category, almost starting in the pregnancy journey so that we can speak to women directly about who they actually are, give them tools to advocate for themselves, show them the spectrum of possibility when it comes to this journey, which I think ultimately really helps them on their parenting journey. And then, you know, kind of remove layers of guilt and shame. I, I mentioned agency. I think that's something that's really important to this. We recognize that people are starting this journey with completely different contextual experiences. And so we wanted to kind of take away that notion of there's a right way to do this and a wrong way to do this and present all of the ways. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's this notion with millennials and I think more so with Gen Z, some of them, um, like if it's hard, I'm just going to give up because I can on certain things. And so I feel like I meet so many women who are like, well, it was hard. And then I'm like, but what, what did you miss? Or going to the gym is hard, but you, you feel that change in your body. So you do it. Right. And then it comes to this subject. So like, what do you sort of tell women or how have you sort of galvanize your community to go yeah it's hard but yeah there's sacrifice but uh to keep you know from that easy out we think about this all the time i'm curious to hear what betsy's answer is here because we might have different ones but one of them is we keep kind of coming back to education and really rooting the the concept of changing the breastfeeding landscape in education and one of the things we come back to really frequently is that women just don't know a lot about their bodies. They don't know a lot about their anatomy. And so we brought together a team of experts called our motherboard. We have five women that touch different um, areas of the lactation space, and they've really educated us along this journey as well. And one of the things we learned is that uh, women start producing breast milk when they're 12 or 13 weeks pregnant. So breastfeeding is actually almost an extension of your pregnancy journey. And we had to sort of pull back and say, women are so committed to doing the hard thing that is pregnancy. Pregnancy is hard. Pregnancy is long. It's grueling. It changes your body. It doesn't always make you feel great. There's mental and emotional repercussions. And somehow there's this just complete um, like line drawn once the, the baby is out. It's like this. there's this different phase. So one of the things we've tried to show from an anatomical perspective is this is actually just an extension of your pregnancy journey. And that sort of helps reframe the mindset. But another thing we think about all the time, and I love this one because I'm a marketer and because, again, a lot of the early critique we had around breastfeeding is there's this really niche category or our favorite one is breastfeeding is as old as time. And so 
Betsy and I hear this and we're like, what are the other things that is that are as old as time? We need a good one to come back with for this one. And so we're like running, running is as old as time, right? But it doesn't mean that you're not using technology to create advancements. You have apps for community. People set different milestones. Running is hard. Running a marathon is hard. Training is hard. But one, you're supported by your community. You have different technology of 3D insoles, in some cases, kind of measuring exactly what your your, your foot needs. And this is a multi-billion dollar industry. Where can we create sort of like milestones and support and camaraderie around this thing that's hard that we know that really has... Uh, benefits at the end of the road. So specifically for the people who want to run the marathon, because at the end of the day, some people don't. And Swell's position is that it's not for everybody and that's okay. And we really want to service people who want to hit certain milestones and we're there for the larger community otherwise. So you got into product, which can be a um, blessing and a curse. What have you, what have you learned the most with being a product company, you know, versus leaning only into community? I think at least for me, a great baseline is do Elizabeth and I absolutely need this? And is this the best on the market? And if those two answers are yes, we are confident and excited to put it out. And that takes a lot of iterations. If our product team is listening to us, we're sorry that we did so many (laughs) rounds of samples, but it just because it had to be right. And we're really proud of what we put out. And that for us, that is three different pillars. One, you cannot have a product company and not keep top of mind materiality and sustainability. We really wanted to make sure that what we were putting into the world would not be thrown away with one use. So everything in our suite is, you know, reusable. And that's been really hard, right? You have to go to extra levels, make sure you're working with better factories, all of the above. But that was, you know, definitely one thing that we just felt like we couldn't negotiate on, um, specifically in a space that, again, does have some waste. So that that was huge. We also wanted it to be something that you felt proud of. Breastfeeding, you know, breastfeeding products are very medical and you can feel so unlike yourself while using them. So like, how can we support the community that you want to be seen wearing a swell sling bag? You want to be seen with your swell gold rush. You, you know, these are things that can be repurposed way beyond breastfeeding, but you feel you feel good in them. Um, and then finally, just functionality, they need to serve a lot of different purposes. So every single one of our tools has a secondary, you know, many uses. I have your next product. If you could please, please, please tell me. I, okay, I'm sure you get this all the time. This little ugly apron it's is beautiful. like my savior because I put it on and I just do my thing. I have my meetings. I've, I've been in boardrooms with this thing, but it's so ugly. But this, this little peep. Yeah. Hello. Then, <laughs> so anyways, just, just a plug for something that's not so fucking ugly. Okay, oh, guys, we've got to give, us, give us four months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, right. Be right, we'll be right back. Um, we do have a great anecdote for that, which is, again, we were really specific about the SKUs that we went to market with. Actually, the way that we devised our latch kit, uh, we had a founding family study that we conducted with Cedar sinai here in Los Angeles. So it was a really incredible program. We worked with them for eight months. We filtered in women from their OB department who had similar birth dates and due dates, started working with them when they were about eight months pregnant and used our entire ecosystem to bring them through it and understand, you know, when they'd come back to swell, how loyal they'd be, what the feedback loop looked like. And through this process, we gave them a latch kit and then hint, hint, our next kit is an emergency kit. And we 
put together all of the leading products on market that were not ours while we were in the midst of product development. And we really used that to figure out what exactly was very necessary, what were their favorite products, what needed to be enhanced upon. So the kind of this feedback loop is really important to the way that we develop product. Um, and in that vein, we were laughing because Becky, I think you had just had Leo and we had not even launched yet. And we have a friend in common and sent you a cloud nine nursing sling. And you shot us a DM and we're like, Hey, thanks. Do you guys have this in black? And we were like, Oh, <laughs> right. New Yorkers need black. Okay. Well, currently, New Yorkers need black. black. And also if you have other kids, it's just going to get filthy. You know, it's so totally. my default is fucking black for everything. Black everything. Yes. Yeah. Black and yes. washable. Yeah, we take exactly. that feedback loop very seriously. I love that. So before we wrap, would love to hear, you know, what keeps you excited knowing you're again, still sadly dealing with an uphill battle. Um, and where do you see the future of Swell going? For me, I'll jump in. This is Betsy. Um, we're obsessed with serving our customers. It feels great. We do so many community events that we get to hear from our, you know, customers every single day, how it's going, what's going on. And we legitimately care about their mental health and how they're doing. And so that is my personal driver, which is, wow, we got to really help this woman who needs a, you know, supplemental nursing system in, you know, the middle of the country or whatever. And she didn't have access and she went through swell and it was back order, all the, you know what I mean? We were able to provide her something that she couldn't get and it saved her journey. Uh, those kind of stories definitely keep us going, but also I'm going to shout out my partner, I love working with Elizabeth every day. And if you can, I know, I'm sorry, Elizabeth, I had you to. beat me though. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find a partner who, you know, we kind of talk about balance a lot between us, but our barometer tends to just be happiness. Maybe we're working too much or, you know, of course it's a startup. So it takes up a lot of our, our time and energy and, and life, right? It's always on the brain, but doing it with her, um, you know, make, makes it worth it. Thank you so much for saying that. I, I fully agree. And I think um, one of the benefits of having sort of a, a, a windy path to get here is that we've really both been able to pull out different elements of our experiences that are important to us. And we used all of those really foundational insights to build Swell. So we wanted to work on a brand that has a mission. We wanted to service our community. We wanted to offer different types of products, not just physical, um, but digital products and different types of resources. We wanted to break down barriers and create access. We wanted to work with nice people. Um, Betsy is the best partner. And we also have amazing partners that we work with. We get to work with wonderful people every day. So I, I fully recognize that it's a privilege and that's something that keeps me really happy. And I, I also will say that I'm, we celebrate our small wins, small wins and big wins. And that's something that keeps us happy really regularly. We launched six months ago. We've had really, truly incredible reception. We, um, I, I won't shout them out, but there was a, a retail partner that we were trying to get a meeting with pre-launch and we just couldn't even get them to answer an email. And we were four days in business and got a PO from them. So we've had a wow. lot of very quick wins. Um, we also just recently started working with hospitals, official hospital partnerships, which was really, really huge for us uh, just as a pathway in. It's also kind of the stamp of approval from, from healthcare. And then one of my favorite anecdotes is that a friend of ours was delivering at Cedars where Betsy and I both delivered. 
And I think Swell had been on the market for two or three months. And one of the labor and delivery nurses came into her room and she was like, tell me about the yellow kit. All the cool girls have the yellow kits. And we're like, oh, yes. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> I think it's incredible the headway that you've made in such a short time. Thank you. Just so want to give you that shout out. So yeah. my, my last question, which we're, we probably have different answers on and maybe I'll get canceled over this question, but we live in such a patty cake world where it's like fed is best. If you don't want to, you don't have to. And, and then we're already facing an uphill battle with women choosing this journey. So it makes it okay to just say, well, I tried. And I'm not talking about the women that are trying to make and their supply for whatever. Like, I'm not talking about the ones that are like, I'm, I'm, you know, but it, I get annoyed and I'm curious your thoughts and happy to disagree. Like we're already facing an uphill battle. You know, when they told you to get the epidural, you were like, yeah, I'll listen. But when they're telling you to breastfeed, you're like, I'm going to, some women take the easy way out because it's hard or because they don't have time or because it wasn't convenient. Like I had pumped in bathroom stalls on the ground, boardrooms, taxis. And I'm like, that was inconvenient, but I fucking did it. And I'm not trying to give myself a hero award, but like, does that ever bother you or you know or maybe you can't answer that I can, <laughs> I don't know. I can, answer, yeah, we can answer it for sure <laughs> I um I, I'll say it doesn't bother me personally okay. one because uh I, I myself I, I come to my own breastfeeding journey from a really long fertility journey so I spent a long time trying to conceive my daughter I've had an endometriosis diagnosis I've been in every single chat room you can find on the internet and women are mean to one another and that's yeah. horrible and that's really actually something that we want to get ahead of like we again like you said we have enough uphill battles we really need to band together on the important things so swell ultimately right. has a future in policy i'll put that there we really want to create changes to make it more realistic for women to be able to breastfeed so that we can push that narrative like we need paid leave in this country um yeah. the other thing i'll say just as a marketer is the way we talk about these stream of messages just depends entirely on who our stakeholders are. When we talk to our consumers, we say, you guys deserve to have better resources. Millions of women decide to breastfeed every year and are completely let down by having, whether it's employer support or actual resources or being able to afford lactation consultants or not knowing the right tools in the moment they need them, we are letting women down. It's absurd the rate that we're letting moms down. Um, so when we talk to our consumers, we say, you guys deserve to have better resources. Here they are. And we're going to give you a spectrum of possibilities. When we talk to hospitals, our messaging can change because hospitals have real insights showing the benefits of breastfeeding for extended periods of time, whether it's healthcare for the mom or healthcare for the baby, or actually just a decrease of medical bills over time. There are billions of dollars associated with short breastfeeding journeys in the medical sphere. So our messaging can really change depending on who our stakeholders are. And that's why it's, it's really fun to be able to be a direct-to-consumer company that shows up for our community in a real way, has this feedback loop. Um, and can really hear what they're going through. And then at the same time, we're not just a CPG company, we're a healthcare company. Um, and so we can work around healthcare objectives that way with our hospital partners. But I'll say it doesn't bother me. And I, I, I come to the table with um, 
potentially a little bit more empathy because of the hard journey that I had myself. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, thank you. Tell everyone where they can get swell, where they can tell their pregnant and or wanting to get pregnant and or breastfeeding friends, all the handles everywhere. At Swell on Instagram, www.swell.com. And you can also find us on Babylist, but come visit our website so you can see all the educational videos and join the community. S-W-E-H-L. Thank you. I was just about to have you spell it out. Thank you for doing that. Well, thank you for <laughs> thank you so doing much. something that's so awesome and so important personally to me, but I think to all to all mothers. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.